Soccer uh, podcast. Um, my name is Coach Murphy. I'm the boys' varsity soccer coach here at Marist, and we are here today with an extraordinary uh, alum of the Marist soccer program, one of the best to play here, Mr. Alex Meyerhoff. Hello, Alex. Uh, what's up, guys? I uh, hope you're all doing well, and uh, thanks, Coach Murphy, for uh, having me here. Well, listen, it's it's uh, it's my pleasure totally. It's really good to have you back on campus. So Alex is a graduate of the class of 2021, so just a recent graduate. And uh, he went on, of course, from his Marist playing days to play at Colorado College, uh, very far afield from here. And we're here this afternoon to talk about his experience playing here at Marist, as well as the recruitment process. And then, of course, what the experience is like to be playing uh, college soccer at a big time school like Colorado College. All right. All right. Awesome. So, Alex, thank you so much for coming. And uh, let's begin um, with a conversation about your playing days here at Marist. Let me just ask you this. What are among the things that stick out for you the most? I think the thing that sticks out the most is just getting on the field as a freshman and realizing how big some of these kids actually are. I mean, <laughs> I was, uh, what, a four-foot, yep. four-foot nine, four-foot yes. ten, ninety-pound kid coming into my freshman year. And yep. I still remember getting on the field and being like, wow, this is this is a completely different game. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a great, great and very fond memories uh, playing for Marist. And uh, obviously some of my best friends have come from my playing days at Marist. And it's it was a it was a great experience. And even in college, looking back on it, just being like, wow, like I really I really miss going out there in Hughes Spalding Stadium and going on the beautiful grass in the front field and just being oh, able yeah. to tear it up. Yeah, I have to tell the story. I know we've talked about this many times before in the past, but it relates, of course, to the tryouts in your freshman year. You know where this is going. I do. <laughs> so, of course, uh, you were an extraordinary player as a ninth grader with skills, you know, beyond your beyond your age, beyond your level. Tactical understanding, of course, was there. But I was worried about your size, and I was worried about your, uh, I don't know, your health, so to speak. I was afraid <laughs> you were going to get hurt, get injured. Uh, be, and so I called your dad, and, and we had a conversation, he and I, about about that. I asked him his opinion about keeping you on the varsity, given your uh, your stature at the time. And he didn't hesitate for a moment. Uh, he had said, of course, that uh, that you'd be fine, you'd be ready, and that if you got knocked down, you'd get right back up. And, of course, that was the case. He was right about that, wasn't he? He was. I think that's one of the best things about this game, though, is that you can be – Four foot nine, ninety pounds, and still be competing <laughs> with everyone else, regardless of your size and weight. Yeah, you know it's interesting, Alex, to think about um, you as a ninth grader. Uh, where did all that talent come from? You know, you started. You must have started playing at a very young age. But beyond that, you must have, I don't know, been inspired in some way to make this sport a passion of yours. Where did all that come from? I mean, I have. I'd always grown up playing soccer and just watching the games and in England every Saturday morning and watch, getting up early to watch Alexis Sanchez and his prime mm-hmm. days at Arsenal. I mean, it always motivated me to be kind of that type of player, the scrappy little guy that just never stops running. And, I mean, soccer wasn't my first sport until seventh grade. I was always I was always a baseball player, and my dad played baseball at Penn State, and so that was mm-hmm. kind of ingrained in my family where it was like, okay, you're going to be that next that next little second baseman that will, will be the scrappy guy. And then I finally just I fell in love with the sport of soccer. And uh, – I still remember the days of seventh grade, me struggling to get 
20 juggles in a row <laughs> and then uh working on it every day with my little brother Rocco in the driveway and yep. uh next yep. thing you know we're juggling 200 something times and the passion just sparked from there yeah that's awesome are there any particular games that stand out for you in your varsity career at Marist I think obviously my first my like the game that stands out the most to me yeah was uh was my freshman year against Shambly just because I had my first I had my first assist uh, I think it was to Connor Walsh at the time and, <laughs> yeah and yeah, I, yeah I still sure. remember watching the film back from that game yep. and being like wow I was very slow I was obviously much smaller than everyone else but that kind of <laughs> motivated me in the coming years and I think one other game that stands out is the Grady game where I had I had three free kick goals in the same game and just and had one with I think two minutes left to win against Grady at home or, right and it was just it was just a fantastic game yeah. You know, having gone through the, the program as you have, you have such a, I don't know, g- given all the experience, you have such a keen insight into the experience of playing here at Marist. And if you, um, you know, were given the opportunity uh, right now <laughs> to offer some advice to the players who are just about to approach the upcoming season, um, what might you say in terms of, uh, I don't know, uh, inspiration in terms of what they may need to approach for the season? I think kind of my main thing looking back since it's still fresh in my head is beat Jefferson just because I, I, <laughs> I, I did, I did not like yes. losing. I did not like losing to them my senior year, but sure. uh, one other real piece of advice that I had just for all those in the programs that it goes by very fast. And I mean, it my, does, you're my, right. my four years in the varsity program went by and it seems like three seconds and the seasons looks long when you're beginning the season, but it, it's, it's, it's a very short season. Your time as a Marist athlete and the, and the soccer team goes by very fast. It's so true. That's such good advice. Enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, so let's talk about the, the recruitment process, um, which I know for you was uh, complicated because of COVID, right? Because of the pandemic. But I, I'm hoping that you might be able to, you know, help our players who themselves may have ambitions to play at the next level uh, to help, you know, maybe shed some light on what the experience is like having been through it. Um, let's begin from the outside. When did you first begin um, receiving interest or a notice from coaches, and what was that process like? I mean, I really knew that I wanted to play in college since like my first my first day of freshman year in high school. So that, yeah. I mean, I always had the goal written down in the notes of my iPhone. Like, I had like a a checklist of everything that I needed to do. I had the checklist of kind of what coaches I needed to reach out to, what coaches had shown interest, and I had a log of all that. But I mean. I really started receiving interest. I mean, D1 programs can't really contact you in the first day until the first day of your junior year. So the freshman and sophomore year were kind of just preparing, getting used to the program, attending some ID camps. And even though I couldn't really talk to those coaches, it was all about just forming relationships with them and kind of just putting yourself out there. And that's that's one of the most important things about the whole process is don't be afraid if the coach says no to you. It's I mean, it's always it's always important to just reach out to as many as you can, as many as you have interest in. Because you never know what coach, what one coach could say. I mean, one coach could say, "Oh, we like you, but we don't have a spot for you." But you never know who he knows or like where where he might transfer to, where he might go. So it's always important to just reach out to a ton of coaches. And so it sounds like it sounds like you're saying that um, perhaps what's most important is for the athlete himself to to reach out rather than expecting the coaches to come to you. Even a player of your ability and talent, still you had to promote yourself right to these coaches as you're saying reach out to them i mean another important thing about the whole process is just to advocate for yourself you can't be afraid right. to put yourself out there and i mean kind of from my beginning of my sophomore year going into sophomore year of high school it's all about making those highlight tapes it's all about 
getting yourself out there and making the highlight tapes and sending them to coaches in order to gain that, that kind of experience and gain that kind of um, exposure. So when did you first put your uh, well when yeah when did you first put your highlight video together? I think it was end of my sophomore year of club. So okay. although I couldn't necessarily receive personalized notes back until right. my junior year, it was important to just make sure that I had these highlight tapes in order that if a coach reached out that I could reply back very quickly with all yeah. these highlight with all these highlight videos. So then you would just add to that video going through your junior right. and senior year then? Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was it was a bit difficult because there were two different platforms that we used for club and in high school. And I remember sitting in my room late at night, editing everything, going crazy, trying <laughs> to get the perfect little circles around me. And it was it was frustrating. Yeah. But I mean, it, it proved it proved uh, it proved successful in the end. So you made your own highlight video. I did. Okay. Um, and continued to edit it again as you grew through the high school years. Yes. Okay. Um, so in addition to making a highlight film and sending that to coaches, what else did you have to send to them or otherwise uh, promote yourself? It's always important to include your grades. I mean, obviously grades, right. grades get you into the school. Then soccer can also help you get into the school. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, first of all, going to a great school like Marist, I mean, you're already at an advantage. You've got the grades. You've got the academic transcript to back up your soccer ability. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, that's, that's the most important thing is keeping your grades up because you can't be marketed to any coach without grades. That's right. Yeah. I often hear from uh, players like yourself who are going through the recruitment process from college coaches. They may reach out to me via email or call or something and they'll ask me one of the very first questions is what kind of student are they? What are their grades like? Right. Because they, they don't want to waste their time. Right. To your point, with uh, with a recruit who really has very little chance of getting in academically, so I'm glad you mentioned that's that's critically important. Um, so, which in your case, which particular colleges expressed interest to you? I had I had some some college interest from some of the lower tier D ones to some of the higher D threes. I mean, my main goal for college was to get into the best possible school that I could get into. Yeah. So I was looking at a lot of schools like Colgate, um, a lot of the NESCAC schools, the Tufts, Amherst, Connecticut College, um, even to Colorado College. I mean, I wanted to, I wanted to experience something drastically new for college. What did that mean to you, the best possible school? I wanted to, that had the major that I was looking for. Oh, okay, good. And so what I, was that? I, I'm not exactly sure what my major is yet. Sure, sure. But I'm thinking of just kind of a general economics or uh, a business degree. Okay. But the nice thing about the school that I'm at now is I don't have to declare a major until my uh, junior year. Yeah. So I'm able to kind of take classes my freshman and sophomore year in order to, to get to know what I really want to study. Right. Which was a nice thing for me. <laughs> okay, hang on one second. I'm hyping it up and talking about it, and I started researching it, and we have a a very unique academic plan where we only take one class at a time for three and a half weeks. So my first class was a Spanish 201 class that I took for three and a half weeks. And I liked the idea of getting kind of fully immersed in one academic subject. Mm -hmm. And it is, it is, it is a good amount of work, yeah. but I enjoyed getting to really delve deeper into one class at a time. Yeah. So when did the coaches make an offer to you? They offered me, I believe it was, Thanksgiving of my senior year. So Thanksgiving of your senior year. Okay. I had I had kind of a kind of an interesting recruiting process, and mm -hmm. it was different due to COVID because I could not go and actually see many schools that I wanted to see. I couldn't yeah. go to many ID camps, and I could only really communicate um, to coaches via highlight video and email. 
because the D1, uh, all D1 schools were going through something they called the dead period, right. where coaches could not meet with you or specifically offer you in person. And that continued throughout my entire senior year. So I actually went up and visited Connecticut College and the NESCAC, mm-hmm. who's a historically very good team, and I actually gave them a verbal offer. And yeah. I then kind of looked at it and reevaluated everything, and Colorado College then called, and I ended up uh, visiting and loved it. What was that process like of having to let uh, – was it Connecticut College – what was it like having to let them know that you had changed your mind? It was difficult because the coach was a fantastic coach. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. was a very, very great communicator. You could tell that he was very dedicated to what he was doing, and he was a young coach who was very hungry. Mm-hmm. And it was it was hard to it was hard to kind of say no just with all the uncertainty because Colorado College hadn't offered me in the time that I had decommitted from there. So it was a little it was a little gray area where I was <laughs> I was kind of I was stressed, but yeah. uh, it all worked out in the end. Now, when Colorado College recruited you, what kind of um, I don't know, what, what did they tell you about uh, where they saw you playing? Did they talk to you about positions? Did they talk to you about playing time? Did they talk to you about your future as a player there? It was, it was kind of interesting because we, I was one of 10 freshmen recruited this yeah. year, and we only had a roster of about 24 kids, so there was a lot of uncertainty going into the preseason kind of as to where kids would, or he, the coach would see kids. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of one thing about college in general is yeah. you can go in as, I mean, I went in as a right back and ended up playing center attacking bid for the last half of the year. Right. So it's, that's, that's one of the, that's one of the other things that makes players very marketable to coaches is being able to be very versatile and play many positions. And I mean, that's another thing about college is you, you can go in as one position, but that doesn't mean that you're going to stay there. You can go in as a center back and end up at center mid, although unlikely, or you can go in as a right back and end up at center mid. I mean, there's a variety of different ways that you can, or a variety of different positions that you can be playing in college that could be different than your club or high school days. That's so true. That was my own experience <laughs> in college. That's very true, very true. Um, okay, so then you graduate in the spring of 2021, not that long ago, um, in May, and then you're off to Colorado College when? I left, I believe it was August 1st. So, so August 1st. So in the summer, prior to leaving, you had a workout schedule and all I that. I did. Yeah. That so they sent you? The coaches would give us strength and conditioning packets that we'd have to complete and a log that we completed. But, I mean, that was only kind of the baseline. I mean, you, you, you kind of have that feeling of you know that everyone else is going to do going to do more than you, so I didn't want to be outworked. So yeah. I would end up running the fitness tests and over the summer and – doing all that I could to get prepared and fit for the off season. And kind of one of the other things that I was, that I was doing over the summer was training with a, a, a deoxygenated mask. Really? Because I knew because that, of uh, the, yeah, that's right. The altitude. Yeah. We, we sit at, I think it's like 6,800 feet above sea level. So when I first got up there, it was like, Holy crap, this is a, this is a brand new experience. It's a whole different game just because yeah. you, you can't breathe after two sprints. So I tried to train with that deoxygenated mask in order to get my lungs to the, to the capacity that need, they needed to be at for the season. Wow. And did that work, by the way? It it worked to an extent. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's obviously different when you fully go from that mask to the altitude, but I think, it helped, I, th- I think it helped ease the transition a little bit better than, yeah. than it would have been if I didn't use it. Okay, so then you arrive at Colorado College in uh, early August, and what's the preseason experience like? We had a very strange preseason this year just due to COVID. We only had a four-day preseason. Really? So we had four days, and then we played Colorado State Pueblo. So oh, my it gosh. Was, it was like you have two days for four days, and then the preseason scrimmages were still kind of like a preseason practice. It wasn't necessarily a game that we, yeah. we were striving to get a good result in. I mean, obviously, you want to win, but it's like one of those kind of 
one of those kind of games where you're just trying to feel out the positions, you're, try, you're still trying to feel out the players, and yeah. So I know in some colleges, um, when those players arrive in early August for preseason, um, a college or a university might bring in, say, 30 players. Right. But they're not going to keep all 30 of them. Right. Was this the experience at Colorado College? Did Thank- they? Thankfully, no. So everyone okay. that was on the roster was guaranteed a spot. So we only okay. had a roster this year of about 25, yeah. 26 players, which, okay. is, which is pretty small for a college roster. I mean, typically you'll have upwards of 30 and there's some colleges that ha- that will have developmental teams and a first team and second team, but we only right. had a we only had a first team, so it was yeah. it was nice it was nice getting up there knowing that you had a spot knowing that you had a spot on the travel roster and that kind of gave you a little bit of confidence going forward. So when you started then going through your sessions with with them and the program and then of course playing in games, what were your first early impressions in terms of like, I suppose the the vast difference between <laughs> playing in high school or a local club here in Atlanta and going off to play right. at Colorado College. Right, so I, I started the first preseason game at, uh, at right wing, and I still remember yeah. going to the first tackle and being like, wow, this game is so much faster. <laughs> Everyone is so much stronger. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's like your freshman year in high school all right, over again. Right, it's, yeah. it's a different game. It's, it's, it's like you watch professional games on TV, and obviously it's not to the level of what some of those pro games are, but it's like you can see you climbing the stairs to get to that level. Wow, yeah. And it's 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 a faster it's a stronger and it's just a more rapid game i mean it's it's hard to adapt to coming from club and high school but i mean it's it, you go into that first tackle and you're like okay next time i go and get the ball i'm gonna play it faster and so you adapt quickly yeah yeah and what about uh like tactically is it more complicated than what we might try to do here at maris in high school or, or what you experience in club is it uh more diverse in terms of your tactical approach um I think it's, I mean, I still remember the first game. We went into the film room. We watched film on them. We yeah. had a whole whiteboard of everything laid out with every position, five or six notes about each player, which was kind of cool. I mean, it's like you're right. treated like a professional player, yes. as you may think. And it, it was it was interesting to go and see the coaches go through each bullet point for the player and knowing what to expect. And you'll get like a little film package of mm-hmm. each player that you're playing against, knowing your tendencies. So I remember when I was a right winger, I was going against their left back, and I knew he was very – very had a very strong left foot, so the whole game plan for that game was forcing him inside onto his right foot to try to get him to play with his right foot, so he would lose the ball. Yeah, and I mean it worked a few times. We got on the counter, and it was it was it was interesting to see those tactics actually really come into play. Yeah. So how did you feel personally? Did you feel that um, in the again just in those first few weeks going through that first game, as you said, did you feel like um, you belonged? That you made a statement? That all the work you had done to prepare yourself, did you feel like it's paying off? I, I did. I felt like it was – I felt like all the fitness over the summer really prepared me well for preseason. I mean, I felt like I went into preseason very fit. I felt yeah. like I was on par, if not better, and more fit than others, mm-hmm. And even despite the altitude. Right. And despite most kids being from Colorado, it was kind of it was kind of like, okay, I feel like I can hang with most of these kids after I got a few dribbles and a few touches on the ball. And unfortunately, in my second game, I had a concussion that kept me out for a couple of weeks, but <laughs> it was nice to be able to come back and rebound and start the next game mm-hmm. and – and uh, eventually play well throughout, throughout the season. You know, it, it, that doesn't surprise me in the least to hear you say all that because uh, I've always known you as one of the you know most hardworking players that we've ever had. It was funny, well, not funny, but interesting to hear you say just a few minutes ago that when you were in high school, you had this sort of uh, list of goals on your iPhone. And among them was that you wanted to play in college and that this was then a motivator for you to work as hard as you could 
to develop your skills, to develop yourself physically, um, you know, to be a top varsity player here at Marist. And uh, all of us coaches in the Marist program knew, of course, that that was just going to translate at the college level. Um, do you have ambitions of going on? I think it'd be I think it'd be a fantastic opportunity to play after college. I think yeah. that'd be I think that'd be crazy. I just don't know. <laughs> it'd be amazing. I don't, I don't know. I don't know the specific steps. I don't know sure. all the specific things you need to do. But I mean, if the opportunity came, I'd I'd, I'd love to do it. And I'm gonna keep yeah. working in order to try to do that. Right. But uh, yeah, you never you never know. Wow. Let me ask you about the the social aspect of of playing uh, for Colorado College, right? Because so much of the experience is your teammates, the chemistry, the friendships that are being developed. Um, what has that been like for you? It's it's fantastic. So I mean, one of the biggest things coming in as a freshman at CC was that I was one of ten freshmen, and we mm -hmm. made up almost half the team. Wow! So it was it was awesome coming in. Everyone really embraced us well, and I had been talking to some of the guys throughout the throughout the summer and throughout last spring, and all of them seemed like just fantastic guys. And I I can't complain about any of them. I mean, it's we were welcomed in. We were immediately parts of the team and the coolest thing was when we came as freshmen we all played i mean yeah. everyone, most most freshmen were getting good game time right. meaningful minutes and so that will that will translate kind of going forward is, hmm. i mean we'll be a very successful team more seniors just because we've had the experience as freshmen so it sounds like you guys have great leadership there we do. and that leadership no doubt is is a part of a culture created by the coaching staff there i would think right. Because I'm, I'm certainly well aware, and you would appreciate too, that there are there are really a lot of top flight college programs out there that are, you know, really cutthroat. Exactly. And when you arrive as a freshman, uh, people see you as a as a competitor for right. their playing time, and training sessions uh, can become overly competitive, and it kind of chips away at team morale or team chemistry. But it sounds mm -hmm. like the experience you're having there is. Uh, nothing more positive. Right. I mean, of course, it's competitive. He's well fighting for game. Correct. Time. Of course. Flying into tackles every practice. Yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> but it's understood that that's oh, yeah. right. That's that's what makes it more fun, though. Right. That competitive atmosphere <laughs> makes it makes it so much more fun because right. you're like, this guy is not going to win a tackle over me. Yeah. Right. So I have to imagine that you 10 freshmen who came in have developed a strong bond. Oh, we have. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we all will go out to dinner every Wednesday and Sunday night. We have an off day every Monday. So we'd go out to to get a hamburger on Sunday night with all the guys. And it's, it's just, it's, it's a great environment. And being part of the team is, is one of the more fantastic things that you could ever be a part of. I mean, one, one of the traditions that we have is we have this bell on the side of the field. And every time we win, we hit the bell for however many, hmm. however many wins we have on the year. And everyone would go crazy in the corner. And it's just, <laughs> it's just a fantastic team yeah. and fantastic uh, opportunity to be a part of. That's cool. I like that. So you've uh, gone through your first season with them now. Um, talk about the, the, the balancing act required when you're, you know, a varsity athlete, uh, at a college like that, where you're trying to balance academics and athletics. What right. has that been like for you? It's, it's not easy. It's, it's, I mean, yeah. you're, you have two full-time jobs basically. Correct. And I mean, one of the unique things about our college is we fly to every away game. Yeah. So every away game that we have is in Texas. We leave on a Thursday and we come back Sunday night. So you're missing maybe a class on Thursday, a class on Friday. And you don't have a lot of time over the weekend to be able to do your work. So it's all about time management. It's all about manage your, managing your time effectively in order to get things done. Yeah. It's about talking to your professors uh, earlier in order to kind of find out, oh, I'm missing this on Friday. Let me get this done Thursday before we leave. Or if you're missing a quiz on Friday, let me get it done over the weekend virtually. And it's, it's a lot to handle. Yeah. But the good thing about college is you have so many people that are there to help you. I mean, our team has – 
one academic liaison that will help us and he's fantastic and the trainers are there to help and everyone's there to help you but it's just about you reaching out and getting getting and asking for that help right so give me um a description of sort of a typical day a non-game day where you have practice what's What's your, walk us through your daily schedule. Sure. So we have we have a lift twice a week in the mornings. Wow. So on the days we have a lift, it's like a it's a seven a.m. lift, <clears throat> seven a.m. to eight thirty lift, class from nine fifteen to twelve fifteen, and then you get a little break during the day and then practice mm-hmm. at four to six, four to six thirty, and then yeah. you're done for the night. You got to get your homework done. Oh my gosh. It's wow. a lot to handle, but I wouldn't trade yeah. it for anything. Yeah. So the social life is good. Hitting some parties and stuff like that. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. We shouldn't be doing. Well, you had mentioned me the other day that you got your skis oh, set yeah. to go. Yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping <laughs> to be able to ski a little, a little bit this off season. That's awesome. Well, Alex, listen, thank you so much for uh, coming back to campus and talking with me today um, for the podcast. Uh, I do hope that this is a value for again players in our in our program currently who have ambitions of playing at the next level that they have a a better sense of what the expectations are in terms of um, being able to manage, you know, their time in college. And um, hearing your passion for playing for Colorado College, I think, is going to inspire a lot of our players to uh, to reach for that next level. Right. I hope I hope it does. And if anyone who's listening to this has any questions, please feel free to reach out or get my information from Coach Murphy. Yeah. I uh, would love to answer uh, any questions or help anyone. And uh, happy for you guys and enjoy your time as uh, <laughs> members of the Marist soccer team. All right. In closing, Alex Meyerhoff, uh, we have I have three ending questions for you that I ask all participants in the podcast. Are all you right. ready? I'm ready. These questions are completely random um, oh and, and uh, kind of strange, but here we go. Uh, first question is, what is your most prized possession? My most prized possession? Yeah. I don't know. Um, These are hard questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've had a pair. I've had a pair of cleats that I wore since like I was 12 years old. Really? And I've I've always kept them in my closet for some reason. I don't know why. I, I'm not sure if it'd be, it'd be my my most prized possession. But it's something you can't get rid of. I've always I've always kept it in my closet. That was, must have be some meaning in those shoes. I scored 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 a few PKs <laughs> in them. Scored a few free kicks in them. So uh, had had to keep them. Don't ever get rid of them. Always keep those parts of your childhood. I think that's wonderful. All right. What is your proudest moment thus far? I still think that free kick against Grady was one of my proudest. Oh, that was, like in, in, in Dude, within, that was brilliant! Within the soccer field, I mean, with two minutes left, hitting yep. a free kick from thirty something. And out. what was the score at that point? It was four four. Yeah, four it was, four it was at crazy. Grady. That was that was one of that was one of my one of my more memorable moments. And right. then running over and celebrating with the whole team. That goal was crazy. amazing. That was that was awesome. Yeah, that's a great memory. Um, okay, lastly. If you could have a conversation with anyone from history, from history, hang out at a coffee shop maybe, uh, who would that be, and why? I've always been a huge Derek Jeter fan. Really? Yeah, I've always, I've always loved. I grew up, growing up a Yankees yeah. fan my entire life, and I've always kind of thought of Derek Jeter as one of the more motivated athletes ever. And I think Absolutely. That he just, I mean, my senior quote was a Derek Jeter quote, and I always thought it would. It would have been awesome to sit down with him and have a conversation with him. What would you ask him? Just, I don't know. Just, I think I would ask a lot about kind of athletics especially, but uh-huh. I knew that he was, he's always that scrappy, gritty, shortstop and second baseman. No doubt. That, that was just a fantastic player. 
Yeah. And I, I always just looked up to him in his game and as a person. And I, th- I thought it'd be just very interesting to have a conversation with him. Yeah, his leadership is incredible, isn't it? It is. Unbelievable. Well, okay. Listen, Alex, again, thank you for coming today. It's a pleasure seeing you again. Um, can't wait to, you know, kind of track your, your career at Colorado College in the next coming years and see where you go. Thank it's gonna, you, Coach. It's going to be amazing. Great I'm, to have I'm you excited. back. All right, Alex. Thanks again. Thank you.